You guys are listening to another episode of the Weird Wednesday podcast, and this is Tori. We are so excited you guys decided to come back and listen. If this is your first time listening, welcome. You are in for a treat because this week we are going to be talking about a topic that many of you have asked for, and we were really stoked to dive into it. So we hope you guys enjoy. And as always, if you want to contact us to share your own stories or to even give us feedback, you can email me at Tori, which is T-O-R-I at weirdwednesdaypodcast.com or Tina at weirdwednesdaypodcast.com. We also are on Instagram, so be sure to head over there and follow us at the Weird Wednesday Podcast. That's where a lot of our updates and posts and future topics are all going to be available. And we also ask for what you guys want to listen to. So if you want to vote on what we talk about, go ahead and head over there and follow us. We hope you guys enjoy this week's episode. And as always, stay weird. It's Weird Wednesday. Weird Wednesday. (laughs) That's the beginning of a jingle. You should keep going with that. This morning on our way to church, my husband has a lot of things on his wish list for heaven. Things he'd like to have happen, things he hopes we can do, things he hopes are created. And his this morning was, he says to me, you know what I really hope or what would be cool to have when we're in heaven? And I was like, what's that? He said, I think it would be cool. If there was a salt shaker that had mini fish in it, and when you sprinkled it into water, they turned into actual big fish. My initial thought in my head was, I highly doubt that's going to be the first thing on your mind when you're in heaven. (laughs) (laughs) I think that might be low on the list for the Lord to give you. Right? It's like, what are the rules? You know what I mean? What kinds of... (laughs) What kind of supernatural boundaries are we going to be held to? I know. That's... Is the Lord going to let our minds just like go off, you know? Because yeah. my husband has a very unique imagination. Well, okay. So the we're created in God's image. He's a creator. Mm-hmm. We have imaginations and we create. So who's to say that your husband can't just whip it? Whip it into Salt, being. shake some fish. Speak it into life. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, like, he's had some pretty good ones. That one was very far-fetched to me. I thought, that's the last thing I'd want. So I do that, too. I think it's probably normal for us to look forward to our heavenly home, mm-hmm. right? Since mm-hmm. that's where we're going to spend eternity. And I have one, and this is the one I come back to most often, is I hope that there's going to be a movie theater mm-hmm. where we get to watch all the Bible things. Like, where we'll get to walk in and see how the flood unfolded. Ooh, do you know what I'm saying? First hand. Yes, mm. we'll get to see the the replay. What if he just been... actually brought us through almost like a museum? 
but live action museum. Or if he just implants it into our memory as though we already were there. Ooh. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. But that's what I want. Yeah, that's what I want. With infamous candy, a candy we've never tasted before that doesn't hurt our bodies. Why is this like turning to Willy Wonka all of a sudden? (laughs) Hey, I can dream too, okay? You're right. You're right. <laughs> Let's flash back to the angel slapping that stickers out of my hand. <laughs> I want a stickers you're out. You're right. Wolf. This is very, this is on brand for That's you. That's what I'm saying. Okay. My something weird is just something quick that I heard in church and it was encouraging for me. Hopefully it's encouraging for you guys out there. Um, yes, you're going to hear me flipping around in my Bible per the usual, So I'll read the verses first. The first verse is from Mark 16. Uh, In church we read 15 through 20, but I just want to read verse 17. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues, and they will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. And this is part of the Great Commission, what Jesus said right before um, he was taken to heaven. The second verse, Bible flip, is from Acts chapter 5, and I'm just going to read verse 12. Now many signs and wonders were regularly done, done among the people by the hands of the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's portico which I've been there, which is kind of cool. But anyway, this made me think of, you know, with the New Testament church, weird, strange, supernatural things were happening. And in Acts, we see that it attracted a lot of people and both positive and negative attention. You know, it says that they brought sick people into the street, just hoping that uh, Peter's shadow would cross, would pass over them and heal them. And that's crazy supernatural, right? And so all that to say, you know, we talk about spiritual and supernatural things on this podcast a lot. And it just was kind of a reminder that, hey, if supernatural things are happening to you, as a believer, it can be expected to see supernatural things, to experience it. And Truly, it was part of New Testament church experiences, and I think that maybe we don't talk about that very much, and I'm glad and I'm thankful that we have this platform, and it is becoming a normal part of our spiritual conversations, I guess you can say. Yeah, especially being spiritual beings, Mm -hmm. you know, and what we believe is... That's the thing is, even what Christ did is supernatural. What God did in terms of even just creating the earth and us and animals and all of those different things. When you believe in creation, that in itself is supernatural. That came from God. He created that. You know, and so... He spoke it. Right. Exactly. Into existence. We were breathed in his mm-hmm. his breath and we were given life and i just think if you look at all of these things that we truly believe as christians 
or followers of Christ, then it does make sense that it would continually look that way in our lives today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If quote unquote, yeah. you said, you know, we're doing it right. I'd agree with that a lot. So we have heard and we have listened and we are now answering, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> <laughs> this week we are going to be talking about sirens, mermaids, if you prefer that name for them. Um, I'm excited about this topic. I spent an hour and a half of my alone time at the library and I was supposed to be reading and I ended up looking up all about this topic instead. I'm excited because I feel like that I had the thought that you had had that led you down what you looked up and and kind of gathered for this. I had the thought of that's important to even get into this topic. So I'm excited that the Lord again had his hand in this and has covered all the bases, I would say, in in this. So why don't you tell me kind of what, what you had said before about how just the topic itself, you have to start kind of in the genesis of it, if you will. Yeah, I think that's amazing that the Lord put that put it both on our hearts to do that. I in thinking about this topic, you we can't even explain what sirens are, where they came from without first addressing why why they received the punishment that they did. So we kind of have to start in Genesis with the sons of God. And so the sons of God are um, other created beings. And to kind of prove the standing of the sons of God, a lot of people, uh, in particular, Dr. The late Dr. Michael Heiser is the first person I heard speak on this. And a lot of people have kind of built upon his his teachings. Mm -hmm. Um, But in Psalm 82, it talks about God has taken his place in the divine council in the midst of the gods. He he holds judgment and that's lowercase gods. And then uh, further down in verse six, it says, I said, you are gods, sons of the most high, all of you. Never, nevertheless, like men, you shall die and fall like any prince. And these sons of gods are created beings by God. Michael Heiser called them our elder siblings. Mm-hmm. They're known m- more, more generally as angels. Mm-hmm. That's why uh, you hear the term fallen angels. But these fallen angels were sons of God. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it says in Genesis chapter six, the sons of God saw that the daughters of man were attractive and they took as their wives any they chose. So the sons of God procreated with the daughters of man. Mm -hmm. And that's where the Nephilim come from. Mm -hmm. Right. And the Nephilim were the men of renown is what they're called in the old testament and we find more information about the nephilim and uh we're going to talk about this guys this is an important point that we need to address okay mm-hmm. so hold on we to your find hats. a lot of 
relax. (laughs) Clutch your pearls. (laughs) You're going to get through it. (laughs) But we do have to address that the Nephilim, a lot of what we know about them is found in the book of Enoch. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people I know and I hear you and I think that it's good that people are careful and reserved with what they count as truth. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. So here's what I can tell you about the book of Enoch. It is still included in the Ethiopian, Ethiopian Bible, which predates the King James version by over 800 years. It's the, the oldest compiled biblical book. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it has several books that our Bible doesn't have. It has the Maccabees, the book of the Maccabees, Jubilees, some of the wisdom books, the book of Enoch is in there, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So it, it is viewed as a very complete version of biblical texts. Uh, The council that, that decided what would go into the King James version, um, decided it wasn't canon and took them out. However, you can still access them in the Apocrypha. And Apocrypha just means uh, extra biblical writings, basically. So furthermore, the Book of Enoch actually found among the Dead Sea Scrolls. Mm -hmm. So for those of you who aren't familiar, the Dead Sea Scrolls, it was found in the 1940s in the Qumran caves in the Judean desert and it's near the Dead Sea which is where the nickname the Dead Sea Scrolls come from Mm -hmm. and many books of the Bible were found among these scrolls so the scrolls were put in uh, like clay canisters and preserved and there was some deterioration that happened Um, however there there are very legible fragments and so the book of enoch is among them yes but let me just give you a quick history lesson students that the reason this is so important is because all throughout history the bible has been has been passed on by you know you think about what the early scribes were doing they copied the bible word for word You know, every single book was copied by hand, word for word. And that's how the original texts were passed on throughout time. Okay. And we're talking about the oldest book in the world, the Mm -hmm. most popular book ever written. And throughout the centuries, that's all it was. It was only passed down by these scribes. Monks later were doing it, copying the Bible word for word. And so there were people who tried to discredit the validity of the Bible. And so so here we are in the 20th century, the late 1940s. They stumble upon these, these uh, scrolls in these caves. And what do they find? That the scrolls word for word reflect our current day Bible. All these centuries later. Mm -hmm. So that is why the Dead Sea Scrolls are such a significant find. Mm -hmm. Um, And it it proved God's word has endured and it proved God's word true. Mm -hmm. And so the book of Enoch was among them. So in Jude, there's only one chapter. So Jude 1 verses 14 and 15. It's actually a quote of 1 Enoch 
1 verse 9. And it says, It was also about these that Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied, saying, and this is quoted, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of holy ones to execute judgment on all and to convict all the ungodly of all their deeds of ungodliness that they have committed in such an ungodly way and of all the harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. And that's the quote that's from the book of Enoch. And it's really interesting because much of the book of Enoch talks about the punishment of the Nephilim and then this, that's where the sirens come in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I don't know. Do you feel we have addressed most of the concerns about the Book of Enoch? Yeah, I think that one that it has been quoted in our current Bible to the fact that it was found with the Dead Sea Scrolls. That in itself, honestly, should be enough. I mean, mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. said, those scrolls were a huge part of validating the truth of God's word, the validity of mm-hmm. it. The mm-hmm. fact that there have, we have thousands of manuscripts of the Bible versus, you know, Aristotle, like his writings, I think there's maybe 50 of them versus like mm-hmm. thousands that we have of, of the word. And this, the book of Enoch is a part of that. And the apostles, you know, it's it's in the New Testament. Jude had quoted it. Um, but the apostles would have been familiar with this book, right. according to Dr. Michael Heiser. Right. And honestly, part of me wonders if it's just too dang supernatural for right. us. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like a lot of people's hesitation comes from how I don't know what the right word is crazy bizarre mm-hmm. I but I also mm-hmm. think revelation has the same theme in right. the sense same of, type of feel right or similar feel right mm-hmm. and so I think maybe we can only handle one book but if you really want to get the full picture of a lot of the stories that are in God's word the Book of mm-hmm. Enoch is a really good resource to see yes. more detail of these stories that you already know. And right. I don't think it takes away from anything, and I don't think it contradicts anything. I think it just brings more light into something we already are familiar with that gives us more knowledge of a subject, like the one we are going to be talking about today. Mm-hmm. If we didn't have that, there wouldn't be a lot of answers to these questions. And I think God has given us these answers, whether or not we want to look at them and take them as what they are. So if demons are the disembodied spirit of the Nephilim, right, killed during the flood, we also know that according to Second Peter chapter 2 and verse 4, that the sons of God who procreated with the women of men uh, are chained under the earth right now. So let me read that really quickly. Second uh, Peter chapter two, verse four, it says, for if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment. So they will be judged. And then I wanted to read in Jude as well. Verse six. And the angels who did not stay within their own 
position of authority, but left their proper dwelling. He has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. And it's also believed that in first Peter, that this is who Jesus went down. So it says for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteousness for the unrighteous that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh, but we but made alive in the spirit in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison mm-hmm. because they formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, so on and so forth. So Dude. I know. I so we know- never made that connection. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it says that they will be dealt with. In Revelation, they're dealt with. Right. So, and here's here's where that sneaky little slithery snake comes in. He he managed to to stay out of that whole thing, mm-hmm. which is crazy, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that these sons of God left their dwelling in heaven rebelled and then they received a consequence you know Mm -hmm. and satan was just kind of like standing off to the side however this is a tool that he's using today you know it's almost like he he had excuse me it's like he had the long game in mind right you know what i mean Mm -hmm. that sneaky guy so so this is where (laughs) i'm gonna hand this over to victoria pretty much um, because everyone who was involved with the corruption of the human um, bloodline in Genesis 6 received a consequence. So again, the Nephilim, the sons of God, and that included the women as well. And that's what we find in Enoch. This is in First Enoch chapter 19. I'll just read the end of it. And also the women of the messengers, which the messengers are are also the sons of God. That's another term. So fallen angels, messengers, and sons of God. So also the women of the messengers who went astray will become sirens. That's in the book of Enoch. And so they as well receive a consequence for the part that they took in Genesis 6. So there's a couple different ways we could go with this. We can go down the history of what our world believes mermaids are. That's another term for them. Mermaid, mer means sea, maid means female. So it's just, you know, a female of the sea. There are hundreds of different stories of these beings all throughout the earth and I wanted to share a map so if you look at this map it shows Ireland and Scotland they their name for them are marrows they were said to be human above the waist and to have fish tails and webbed hands these stories tell of mermaids marrying humans by taking human shape whilst on land whales they call them merga uh, which means woman comes from the sea. In the story, Murga was captured and taught to speak the native language and adjusted to the life on land. However, she never lost the ability to live underwater. And all of this will kind of make sense with the actual testimony of somebody who was a shapeshifter who did this, um, how it kind of is parallel to this. Russia, 
Um, <laughs> I don't even want to try to say that. Known as Rizalkas. The tales from old Russia depict people without fish tails. They were depicted as seductive yet dangerous and were ghosts that were lived at the bottom of rivers and lakes. Mm. China, old Chinese tales depict people as having webbed feet and hands. Chinese mythology refers to mermaids as wondrous and skilled beings who cried tears of pearls, which I thought was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. South Korea... Um, the local legend tells of a mermaid called Sinjiki. With fair skin and long black hair, she would appear during bright moonlight or early mornings to warn fishermen of storms, um, so forth and so on. They, there's many, many different kinds, but they all kind of have similar descriptions as well as what they do. So there's a couple of actual testimonies of people who have seen sirens. One is this very viral TikToker, Sauce93, I believe his name is. He Uh is a fisherman and has taken videos of the actual siren call that he has heard. And... Every there's only two other people on the boat that were with him that can attest that they heard this as well. And these people, just like hunters who know the difference between a gorilla and Bigfoot, they know the woods very well. They know animal life very well. They know the sounds. They know how they look. They know their tracks very, very well. So when they tell you that this isn't anything that they've seen before you can take their word for it to know the difference between the two, if that makes sense. Same with Mm -hmm. Fisherman in that he even puts two videos side by side where you can hear a dolphin and then you hear this siren. They're nowhere near the same. And the sound is screechy. It's this really high-pitched scream almost. And it sounds like nails on a chalkboard, in my opinion. But he talks about how it was enchanting to him. He says even when he listened, he said it was daunting and it haunted him. Even after he got off the boat, he'd shower and felt like he could still still hear it. But it wasn't scary. It was was like it was mesmerizing. Yes. It put him, he explained it as it put him in a trance that he felt like he couldn't get out of. Whoa. mm Mm-hmm. It kind of makes sense about, you know, like the American sailor stories. Mm-hmm. Christopher Columbus. Luring. Oh, dude, tell us. What? Well, yeah, Christopher Columbus wrote in his logbooks about seeing three different, in three different times on his way to America, mermaids. And he described them as, wow. as not as beautiful as people made them out to be, that they're almost kind of scary looking like evil which Mm -hmm. would make sense with that's how i would imagine them given the text right and Mm -hmm. but the the songs being like yeah like they you just the way even the guy on the fishing boat described it is you just want to get as close to the water as possible when you're hearing this oh my gosh (laughs) Which means you should do right. the opposite. Exactly. <laughs> he says that he just felt like he needed to be in the water. 
And he also talked about how some people who have listened to this video many times on TikTok claim that they almost hear her calling him to the water. If you listen to it closely, <gasps> that's allegedly, I'm not sure. I've heard the video of the call and it same. That's the mm -hmm. crazy part to me is when I listen to it, it doesn't sound enchanting. It doesn't sound alluring. But he's saying that it sounded like a beautiful mm -hmm. song in his in his ears. I feel like that's a supernatural thing. And I feel like that's something you need to be present for. You know, just as just like I was trying to take pictures of the snowy mountains this weekend and it never right. does it mm -hmm. justice, right? And then same thing when I've recorded songs, probably illegally, <laughs> I don't think you're allowed to, at concerts. <laughs> it's never right. the same. You can't mm -hmm. recapture the atmosphere, the environment, um, you know, as, as being there. You can't capture that in, in right. a video. And so I definitely believe that account that, okay, in person, this mm -hmm. is what it was like but it's not coming through on video yeah, that makes sense absolutely yeah that's a good point um he also talks about how he could still hear that sound when they docked so they he believes that that siren followed them all the way even to land which he thought was interesting but what he said was was that that it every time he went out to the same spot because fishermen stay in the same spot to fish um whenever basically kind of like their assignment mm -hmm. so they go out to that same spot over the months he said he's out on sea 200 days out of the year so this guy has been in the same spot for many wow. many days and he said it was often that he'd hear this so it was almost wanting him to you know come into the waters with her or whatever they well i guess yeah they're female if they're gonna be the women of the messengers mm -hmm. and wives but mm -hmm. so i thought that which blows my mind how how ancient they would be because it's not as though they're procreating which means there's no mermen that's completely mm -hmm. fictional because they can't procreate yeah. with anything since they're all female and so that means that the ones that are heard are ancient. Right. Like they wouldn't have mutated into multiple different sirens. They would be just the original ones. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Just like there aren't new demons being created, mm -hmm. right? Because there's a finite number of Nephilim that were killed during the flood and disembodied. Mm -hmm. Just like there aren't more sons of God being gods being chained up because there is a finite number, it would then make sense that there's a finite number of interesting. mermaids. Interesting. As a result. Very interesting. That's interesting because that leads me to my the second testimony that I listened to. So this is a woman, Dan Duvall, Dr. Dan Duvall. He is a part of Bride Ministries, we've mentioned him before. He worked with this woman to free her from just the iniquity and the oppression that she's had since she was created. She told her story of how she was 
inbred to be a shapeshifter as a siren. So she's not a siren. Mm. She's a shapeshifter who can turn into one. But only to... Tr- to This sounds... I feel like when I'm talking about this, I sound really crazy. <laughs> but the whole backstory, <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. And the backstory is, is let's 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 take it to this. If you remember when that story came out in the news, so this is a well-known story, I'm assuming, of the 27-year-old embryo that was birthed. So this embryo was created 27 mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. had been frozen for 27 years, and then was implanted into a woman and then was birthed. So she talks about how she was created a long time ago, her embryo, her as an Mm -hmm. embryo, and was frozen until the time that Satan and the Nephilim wanted her to be born. And Mm -hmm. so from the moment she was an embryo and they decided that they were going to to breed her basically they put her in this artificial womb who's they who's they they are you know nephilim demonic beings the and are there human participants who help with the process her name is priscilla you could honestly look this up on bride ministries archives if you want to listen to the story yourself but she talked about how you know nephilim the Illuminati basically, and it goes by many other different names, have and are continually inbreeding people for their plan. Rituals to, as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For Well, the ritual part of it is part of the plan because they're trying to, they're putting all the iniquity of that, of the bloodlines onto these beings, which, you know, she was one of them. So she talks about how she was put into this artificial womb and immediately was being what rituals were being done over her in in this womb from the very beginning over and over again. Put Like I said, putting all these iniquities on her on her as an embryo and because embryos can be abused. Like, right. I think that's essentially that's what essentially that's what's happening is these embryos mm-hmm. are being abused for the spiritual ramifications. Right. Mm-hmm. Traumatized. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, s- satanic ritual abuse. That's, that's what it is. And, and when you look, if you want to look up on YouTube, it, they have microscopic images of when an egg is being fertilized. So at conception, there is a flash of light. Praise the Lord. My personal belief is that that is the moment a spirit enters this living being. Because that's what they now are. The moment Mm -hmm. you are conceived, you are a human being. And so she talks about that. She says, I, my spirit was there. So that's why I remember these things. Mm. And she talked about how her spirit was she said the only way she could describe the imagery of it is her spirit was shattered and turned into dust and they took that 
and placed it in all these different places like physical places so in the world and outside of the world and the purpose of it is she wanted to really make mention that the nephilim you know demonic beings satan they all hate humans they hate anything that resembles the lord anything that shows image of of christ anything that shows you know a reflection of him Mm -hmm. they hate with every Mm -hmm. part of their being so they're taking these embryos these humans and trying to crush them so that they could use them for their own sick demonic Mm. you know things and long story short she talks about how she was birthed or taken out of the artificial womb put into a woman who was already dying and then was that bot woman's body was basically her she used the word crib which is such a sick image honestly but that's exactly what it was it, it was keeping her alive and growing for i think a year she said and then she was given to live with the nephilim mm, so wow. she was raised by the nephilim for three to four years of her life mm. Well, just like IVF, those embryos are not created as a single embryo. There's many siblings that are all created at the same time. Mm -hmm. So she had other siblings who were born around the time she was, including her sister, who they looked identical. So when she was of age and was basically programmed to be who they wanted her to be they put her into the home that her sister had been basically holding her place in and then they took her and sacrificed her wow because mm-hmm. that's what they do um and so she talks about you know through her life ev- even in that though they would still take her you know with without her parents knowing and doing these rituals and giving her tasks basically to do for their kingdom. But he, so she talks about how the day that she grew the ability to shapeshift into a siren, they were drowning her from her legs and they were drowning her in, in the water. And every time they would pull her up, her legs got slipperier and slipperier until they became a tail and so she said when you're inbreded to be a shapeshifter it's easy for you to do so Hmm. those that are not born that way have have to work harder for it basically so those who shapeshift now like reptilians and things like that if they're not inbred to do so they have to they have to really learn how to do that. Well, because that's what they determined her to become, because they wanted her to travel into the underground kingdom, um, that's what they did, is they drowned her until she basically died, was resurrected, and was able to now shapeshift into a siren. So, and here's what I think I'm understanding and it's not just for sirens. Let's say this to be true for Bigfoot as well and other mm. cryptids. That or shapeshifters can be sirens, but not all sirens are shapeshifters. Right, correct. 
It just mm-hmm. says, just like we know that, you know, with the shamans that we were talking about who can shapeshift into Dogman, Bigfoot, that those cryptids can be shapeshifters. Um, or shapeshifters can be Bigfoot, but not all Bigfoot are mm-hmm. shapeshifters. Mm-hmm. That's right. what I think I'm understanding from this. And it's really fascinating because, you know, this is Priscilla. We, you and I have spoken about another woman named Elle who was also an embryo long before she was implanted into a womb. And she talked about, you know, similarly to what you're saying about Priscilla, that she was also transferred to kind of an artificial womb at some, at some point. And that they had abused her embryo to, again, implant more iniquity. And Mm -hmm. also for the trauma, because a lot happens in your body and to your blood when you experience trauma. And, Mm -hmm. and you know, what's freaking creepy is that's what they're doing in Monsters, Inc. Just to take this on a super crazy turn, how the monsters go into the rooms to collect the screams of children, the fear of children, and they use it to power their world. If that's not a reflection of what's actually happening, I don't know what is. Oh my god. <laughs> I am never going to be able to watch that movie again. I truly, though. Dude, what a parallel, though. Yeah. Whoa. Well, think about think about a lot of these stories that we grew up with. The Little mm-hmm. Mermaid. Right. How I feel like they're creating the they're making us. What's the word? I don't like using the word grooming, but I guess that's really what it is. They're grooming us to be able to just be okay with these stories and it be what it is mm-hmm. you know so mm-hmm. it's not bizarre when and if well when these things come into light mm-hmm. it's right. kind of like oh hmm. right well and it, okay so i i got off track a little bit so what i was saying about l is that she had experienced a lot of the same things she was abused as an embryo and and this was being perpetrated by humans that were part of those those bloodlines and the bloodlines that we talk about that are in power that are are perpetrating a lot of the evil in the world they're the only reason they're chosen they're chosen as the bloodlines is because of the long-standing iniquity in their blood because it can yep. be used for evil and it is used well for evil. and she did mention that there are people that she's like i will never say who they are because of who they are to us, mm-hmm. but that she remembers them being there. Well, we know that the royal family has a lot to do with it. And I'm sure that we would be shocked and appalled by some of the other famous figures. But but all that to say is that, you know, humans are in league with these and they do assist the Nephilim, you know, Satan, the enemy, with the rituals and they help them abuse these poor humans you know these humans Mm. that are born into it but here's the amazing part on top of all of that is that a lot of these survivors of satanic ritual abuse are being saved yeah they're finding christ and they're being healed it's not crazy. And they it's, were inbreded to... to be on the other end, though. Right. They were inbreded to be on the other side. 
God is snatching yes. them back. That's amazing. What and power. That, that's like the what I was reading at at the front end of this is the super how supernatural being a believer is. Gosh, it changes every facet of our being and all our experiences. And if you can be bred into this world for evil, no one can turn it around but the Lord in his spirit. That's just amazing to me. Yeah. I wanted to read one quote from her. And then we can kind of go into the scripture that I wanted to read that kind of ties into what we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is more of just crazy. So like I said, she is a shapeshifter. She, after she was embedded to be that shapeshifter, to be a siren, she jumped into the ocean and became one, right? Mm -hmm. She said, and I quote, the Mediterranean Sea, if you go near Israel and Greece and those places, if you would go to the bottom of the sea, you're going to find magnetic structures, temples, and altars, where it's a very charged part of the sea and people will be brought there to be sacrificed. And there will be very weird streams and the currents that will cause the ships to lose track and they'll be attacked and they sink. Wow. That's almost like the Bermuda Triangle. I I mean, you Mm -hmm. hardly hear about it anymore. But when I was growing up, there were so many stories about the Bermuda Triangle. Mm -hmm. And do you want to talk a little bit about what that is? Maybe for those that don't know what that is. Oh, my gosh. Then I would be dating myself big time. So the Bermuda Triangle, you know, it gets its name. It's around Bermuda. And it was this area where consistently boats disappeared, ships disappeared, planes disappeared. And it would be as though they were in communication as normal. They would go into this area, never be heard from again. Their planes would never be found. Their boats would never be found. They would just disappear. And it was just this very infamous area in the middle of the ocean. And it's called the Bermuda Triangle. But again, it's curious how you don't really hear about it anymore. Mm-hmm. But growing up, it was constant. Right. A lot. I actually remember hearing about that Mm -hmm. as well. And I actually forgot about it until now because it hasn't been talked about in a very long time. Mm -hmm. But the fact that she just talks about how, you know, it's almost like a trap that's set so that they can take these people and sacrifice them. Because a lot of what, you know, this... I don't know what word to call them. These this these projects, mm-hmm. these rituals require sacrifice. And to have these sirens going back to this Sauce 93 guy alluring people to jump into the water. Mm-hmm. I mean, it only makes sense it's to use them as a ritual sacrifice for the ritual because because evil acts are carried out because the shedding of blood the sin the trauma all of that energy can be harnessed for evil and it is mm-hmm. harnessed for evil that's why you hear about certain areas um you know that the evil lingers You know, I don't know if you've ever been just as one example. I mean, there are horrific things that happen all over the world and, you know, people experience entities there. But I don't know. Have you ever been to a battlefield Mm -hmm. like an American battlefield? 
it mm-hmm. kind of has an eerie feeling. It's very mm-hmm. solemn, of course, but it also accompanying that is is kind of an eerie feeling because of the amount of death that happened on that land, mm-hmm. and 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 so you know these places are marked spiritually, and and I know that during a lot of these satanic rituals, they will orchestrate several traumatic events throughout the world to happen at the same exact time because Mm -hmm. then it exponentially increases the amount of energy that's being harnessed during the ritual to accomplish whatever they're trying to accomplish wow and think about like war Mm -hmm. and just i mean there are leaders that seem to just love war right that's their first answer Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, which is interesting. And so if we want to kind of take this back to your analogy, <laughs> when they all were showing up for their shift in Monsters, Inc., they're all going and doing it at the same time mm-hmm. to gather up these mm-hmm. this power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a weird thought. Yeah. But... On a on a bright encouraging note, even amongst all these things, the crazy part about all of this is when I when we started talking about this subject, I kind of always anytime we talk about what we're going to talk about, I have that topic kind of in the back of my mind when I'm just reading my normal reading plans in the morning with in my Bible and I'm in Job right now. And I kid you not, the day we talked about our topic being sirens, I read Job 9. And Job 9, 8 says, he, as talking about God, Job says, he, God, alone stretches out the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea. And my Bible note, when you read it, says, or walks on the back of the sea God. Wow. And I thought of, wow, what a triumphant triumphant picture of that. And you know what it made me think of? How significant. I think when I first read The Miracle of Jesus Walking on Water, mm-hmm. it was kind of one of those like, oh, cool. Almost like, okay, Jesus, you showing off, you know? <laughs> but when you think of it in this context... Yeah. Like he treads on the waves of the sea or as my Bible note says, walks on the back of the sea. God, I believe that Jesus was showing one that he was God and mm-hmm. two, his authority and dominion over all things, mm-hmm. including yes. anything beneath the sea. Yes. You know what Priscilla talks about is underneath the sea of these temples and altars and things like that. She's like, it makes me want to cry. Mm-hmm. That Jesus, in his ministry, something so small, if you don't think past just what it is, that con- the context of it, how big that is, what he was actually saying, yeah, what he was showing and proving in that moment. We live in such a precious time, even being the last days. It's such a precious time because the holy spirit i don't i don't know if we ever really pause to consider 
how much the Holy Spirit protects us from, how much the Holy Spirit holds back evil in our day-to-day lives. And the reason I say it's a precious time is because we are in this very significant pocket of time where we get to share Christ with others, live our lives fully for God. You know, we get to make that choice until the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled, the number of the Gentiles is fulfilled. You know, this is this is the time to do that. And there will come a day, as we see in Revelation, where horrific things are happening on the earth. These beings will resurface. You know, Genesis sa- says that Nephilim are on the earth. And we see yeah, them in the Bible after, after the flood. The flood mm-hmm. And we know that some of these creatures will be released again in the last days. Mm-hmm. And so this pocket of time that we have right now, and given what you just shared, it's like that power, that supernatural power of Christ, of the Holy Spirit that's within us uh, to overcome these things and to fight against this evil. Like we get to do that right now. We get mm-hmm. to do that. The that same just... spirit that lives in him lives inside of us. Mm-hmm. Jesus said we would do even more. <laughs> You did. Right. If, if you walked more. on water, could you imagine if if we had, like he says that if we even had the faith of a mustard seed, we'd be able to move a mountain. Mm-hmm. So like, what is so that? This is a question for myself. Then where is my faith at really? You know, mm-hmm. if I actually hold the power to do something that significant with such a small amount of faith, then Lord help me to have that, you know? And to use what you've given us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially, like you said, in this pocket of time that we do have. And speaking of revelation, you know, I always think of um, the letters to the churches because of how relevant they are to today. Mm-hmm. And I just want to encourage anyone who's listening who is on the fence feels lukewarm, doesn't feel like they're all in with Christ. Um, This sweet, sweet pocket of time is the time to do it. Um, I was just going to say that even, and even if you feel like maybe you're too far gone, think of Priscilla who was literally embedded to be on the other side and how Mm -hmm. Christ still saved her. Mm -hmm. He, and even like how much more, does that even again talk about who's really the most powerful in between the two? You know, nobody's mm-hmm. far gone, nobody's too far one way. Mm-hmm. You know, Christ died for all, for all of us. And, you know, these sacrifices that are being made, man, it only took one. Mm-hmm. It only took one. Mm-hmm. So that's the side I want to be on. <laughs> Absolutely. Hold on, let me find it. That's in Romans. Okay, yes, it only took one. So Romans 5, a couple of different verses. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And then a little bit further down. For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. It only took the one. 
and he's better than all those who came before him and anyone to come in the future. And, you know, you think of these people and, you know, on that note, you know, the enemy thinks that he's breeding his army and his people, you know, and, um, but, and the sacrifices that he's making, how many it's taking to build up his kingdom, yet the one sacrifice um, frees every captive no matter what, that one sacrifice, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ is powerful enough to free all captives, period. It doesn't matter your childhood. It doesn't matter what you've done as an adult. It doesn't matter if the enemy has tried to manipulate your life and breed you for his purposes. The one death, Jesus Christ, death and resurrection was powerful enough to free every single captive no matter where you've been what you're doing where you currently are Mm. hallelujah gosh i'm just so grateful that we can have these conversations and always bring it back to the lord you know Mm -hmm. yeah it's it it just like it just feeds my spirit and it gives mm-hmm. me the kind of encouragement that I need moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost as though over time, evil was dumbed down, you know, and and Christians were kind of taught that evil was like a little bit bad, but we weren't really exposed to the extent of evil. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very detrimental Mm-hmm. to our ability to face evil and fight against evil. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm grateful for these opportunities to confront it and discuss it right? and learn. Um, and then the answer is always the same. Jesus, again, we're overcomers because Jesus overcame. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. That's always the answer. <laughs> yep. Jesus Kay- is always period. going to be enough. Mm-hmm. What do you always. say? I was just, I was saying point period. Yes, exactly. So, so praise the Lord for that. I'm really encouraged. I hope that you guys uh, leave this podcast encouraged as well. And please just know that we're praying for you guys. We believe in what the Lord is doing in the body of Christ in these days. Again, you're always welcome to reach out to us, email us reach out on Instagram. Mm -hmm. We are always happy to hear from you. If you need prayer, please shoot us a message and we will gladly pray for you guys. Mm -hmm. These are hard times. And, you know, yes, Tori and I get on here and we talk about a bunch of things, but we're also your sisters in Christ. We're your sisters in Christ first and foremost. And Mm -hmm. if the Lord's going to give us this platform to talk to anyone, um, praise him for that. And we also want to use it to encourage you and pray for you any chance that we get with that guys stay curious and stay weird